This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. Tell a friend to follow the show on Apple Podcasts. And for an exclusive sneak peek at next week's episode, come back in seven days. Enjoy the show. It's Monday, April 26. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. Biden's requirements to curb climate change is going to start with what you put in your own belly. No burgers on July 4th. No steaks on the Barbie. I'm sure middle America is just going to love that. There's, quote, no effort designed to limit people's intake of beef coming out of President Biden's White House or the USDA. The Biden Those voices are discussing beef, the key inheritance offered by Russian aristocrats descending from the Stroganoff family. With bizarre debates over American meat consumption grabbing front-page headlines, many across the country are beginning to ask themselves the same question. Do you mind if I skip the A1? Earlier today, the foodie website Epicurious, which features articles like 81 quick and easy dinner ideas to simplify your decision to order Grubhub tonight, announced that it will no longer publish recipes that feature beef in the body or the byline. The red meat revolt is due to its charbroiled impact on the environment, with Epicurious citing studies that link 15% of greenhouse gas emissions to livestock, 61% of livestock-related emissions to beef, and 100% of beef-related emissions to that chunk of meat Carl's Jr. described as steakhouse quality. It's worth noting that the site doesn't have any plans to remove its existing 30-day dry-aged archive of beef recipes that have already been published, and they'll continue to release dishes that feature chicken, pork, and whatever low-food-chain creature IKEA settled on for its meatballs. Epicurious's curious decision to flip their chip from green to red at the Brazilian steakhouse coincides with another beef beef. On Earth Day last week, thanks for the present, President Biden announced that the U.S. would seek to cut carbon emissions by at least half by 2030. And in response, the Daily Mail cooked up some empty calories purporting that this plan would limit Americans to eating just one hamburger a month in some sort of emasculating, government-dictated menstrual cycle. The story appetized other right-wing media outlets like Fox News, which claimed that Biden had in fact proposed, when he hadn't, that 90% of red meat is about to be cut from our collective diet, limiting Americans to a mere four pounds of beef per year, instead of serving. Indeed, on Twitter, Don Jr. bragged that he ate four pounds of meat yesterday. Congressperson Lauren Boebert urged Biden to stay out of her kitchen, and Marjorie Taylor Greene compared the president to the Hamburglar. Considering Republican hesitancy to taking the coronavirus vaccine remains a barrier to ending the pandemic, I guess it's nice to know that they at least care about something you put inside of your body to stay alive. For years, there's been this bizarre fascination within the anti-22nd century caucus whenever food gets linked to climate change, balking at the gall of the federal waiter to suggest that we might want to start with a simple wedge salad when our hearts have long been set on the meatball skewers. Pursuing support for the Green New Deal in 2019, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez suggested that factory farming warrants greater scrutiny and that Americans should stop eating so much of the more on the dollar menu and more. And, naturally, former President Jughead Jones concluded that she was proposing that we permanently eliminate cows altogether, as if they had voting rights. As quarter-pounder positive activists like Seb Gorka cried, hands off our burgers. And even though that man has chosen to ignore credible accusations of sexual assault against his former boss, at least he's standing up for the unalienable culinary rights of Wendy. With this whole cow emissions thing, 
All of the nuanced research and data behind the impact of the Western diet on the environment has been ground down, balled up, and pounded into a search engine optimized patty of AOC cow fart burger Trump. And it's easy to mock the people suggesting that we stop eating the foods that we enjoy in a free country, where it's our God-given right to consume a cow or become one. But these cultural debates over whether or not beef's what's for dinner obscure the fact that industrial livestock is often relegated to squalid capsule hotels. Red meat is a major contributing factor to global obesity, and a well-done steak is an oxymoron. Believe me, I don't think that anyone should waste a spare thought on the editorial guidance of the op-ed section of a recipe website. But the reason these stories stick out to me is that they obscure the fact that there are really good alternatives to meat. And the technology that turns a handful of peas into a late-night bar crawl craving is rapidly improving. Ages ago, I talked about the Impossible Whopper and how impressively unextraordinary the thing is. And the same thing goes for the Beyond Burger, the unimaginable burger, the, the burger off into the horizon. Today, I find myself eating way less meat than I used to because the fake sausages, fake meatballs, fake burrito bowls, and fake burgers are enough to make me pretend that replacing beef with soy but keeping the cheese, the fries, and the 16-ounce beer is fake healthy. And it's only a matter of time until Peter Luger starts serving up 32-ounce 3D-printed steaks for $200. Because what else do you pair with an $18 half tomato and onion? Maybe this is a generational thing. Or maybe it really is a matter of taste. A ball of science muscle is no match for a steer who lives in Montana. But instead of getting all worked up over what you might have for lunch tomorrow, maybe it's better to remember the reason you visited some recipe website in the first place. To try something new. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is Dr. Eli Jalota, O.D., a Houston-area optometrist. Dr. Jalota, thanks for joining me. Sure, thank you. Last week, O.J. shared some thoughts that he had on the way to a medical appointment. Hey, Twitter world. It's me, yours truly. Well, I've been listening uh, on TV and on the radio driving to iDoctor today. And everybody in sports seem to be uh, debating, is Julian Edelman a Hall of Famer? Go, Julian Edelman. Sorry you retired. I'm a fan, buddy. In any event, wear your mask, get your shots, and take care. God bless. Dr. Jalota, what do you think about what OJ had to say? Well, I'm glad to hear that he is going to the eye doctor, although we do have some patients that fail their driver's license test and and probably shouldn't be driving to come see us, but it's a good thing to get checked even if you don't have a prescription. I say that the eyes are the window to the soul, but that also kind of goes to show how much we can diagnose just by taking a look in your eye from diabetes to tumors to autoimmune diseases. So it's it's good that he's spreading that and promoting going to your eye doctor at least once a year. Mm-hmm. And... What do you think about OJ? He's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Dr. Jalota, thanks for joining me. <laughs> Thank you. And that's the latest written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. Leave us a five-star review and write something if you feel so inclined on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Amazon Podcasts, wherever you can write a review, go ahead and do it. And tell a friend to subscribe while you're at it. Thanks. Latestpod.com for transcripts and such. 
I'm at underscore Gregot on Twitter. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean you'll be hearing me soon. And by hearing me soon, I mean you'll soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast. 